team of dreamers, a happy, scrappy group of believers. So come, play a part. There's room for mistakes and masses of art. Who cares if there's not many takers? We're doing it for the makers. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the For the Makers podcast. Um, I'm so glad that you're here today. I am one of your co-hosts, LB, and I'm here with my other co-host. Rachel. Hey, how's hey. it going? <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, we're so excited that you're here um, with us this beautiful day. Um, I hope that you are doing well. Just a little reminder who we are. Um, the For the Makers podcast is um, here to inspire other artists to tell their stories. Um, and we release our episodes every second and fourth week of the month. Um, that's because we all know that you clap on the two and the four, not on the one and yes. the three. Um, <laughs> so I was really proud of that one. I'm not going to lie. So yes, on the second and fourth Fridays of the month, we will have new podcast episodes. Yeah. We hope that you um, subscribe and like them and um are inspired by the conversations that we have. And today we have a very special conversation that I'm so excited about. Um, <laughs> the Actually, the third member of um, Seated Productions, which is the production company that this podcast is through and we do a lot of things through that we created, Miss um, Carly Spino is on the call today and we are so excited to have her. Hey, Carly. Um, hey, Carl. How's it going? <laughs> I love your just like giggles in the background. I know. She's like, I couldn't keep it in. I I couldn't keep it in. And first of all, I just have to say that was the first time I heard the the little jingle before, but hearing it as part of the podcast gave me chills and I I love it so much. So good. Also, Rachel Gifford wrote, recorded, produced, and sang that whole thing by herself. She's a talented lady. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I will receive. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, receive the compliment. I'm going to receive the compliment. Receive the compliment. Oh, my it. gosh. <laughs> okay, so Carly, um, as we just stated, you are one-third of Seated Productions. Uh, we we three co-founded Seated Productions together in 2019. Yeah. Um, and we're so excited and honored that you are our first guest mm-hmm. on this podcast. Um, and so I'm going to... Um, I'm going to go ahead and do a little cold read of your um, bio. So here's my best work for you. Okay. An artist by design since the moment she experienced the magic of theater at six years old. This artistry has taken many shapes since then. And now it's really the curiosity and yearning for life that fuels her creative soul. Carly believes that we are all artists inherently. After experiencing the intoxicating energy of living in New York City, a part-time producer, a part-time event manager for a startup, a part-time yoga studio cleaner, and a full-time explorer, Carly decided to put all of her things into storage and find out what else was out there. These days, she works remotely as the marketing director for Winter Wondergrass Festival, as well as a freelance content writer. When she's feeling creative, she loves to write, dance, make a long, leisurely breakfast. I love that. (laughs) Hang out with dogs. Also love that. And spend time in the sun. Carly, (laughs) welcome to the For the Makers (laughs) podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. I was saying earlier that we really, I really want a button that's like canned, like applause. I just need 
LB, I just need you to do the and like record it, and that that is your book. Oh, that's a good idea. We can do that. We could totally do that. Everybody, stay posted. Stay tuned for the season two. Yeah, exactly. Season two. Um, so, okay, Carly, can you explain to our listeners how you know us? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would love to. Um, so I met Rachel as a wee baby freshman in college, um, and we were in the theater department together. And um, I think I remember like the first couple of years we were around, I, I knew you, but I didn't really, we didn't really hang out. Yeah. And and then I said, was it you, maybe sophomore or junior year where we we were on a crew together? <laughs> and yes. we, what was the show? It was, it was like, anyway, it's not important. But we were backstage, we were on lighting crew together and we had the best time like doing sound checks yes. <laughs> and dancing in the booth. And we felt like we had like a really, really important job because, you know, we were like <laughs> doing all the light and sound cues. So we really bonded over that. And then I remember we started like doing yoga together in the park and the random places in between shows. Um, And then you just grew to be like a really dear friend. But I never, I never expected us to be living together in New York. So fast forward several years later, after we graduated, um, Rachel decided to move to New York with our other best friend, Faith. And, um, and then I kind of followed suit a few um, maybe like a uh, half a year later, something like that. Um, and Rachel became my roommate in New York. So my very first NYC roommate. And since then, and then we lived together for what, three and a half years, almost maybe yeah, three and a half years or three yeah. years, maybe because I had to go to Brooklyn, but um, <laughs> to yeah. The other country. So, yeah. Yeah. To the other country. <laughs> and I said, so that, and then um, LB, I met, she was a trader um, in college and went to <laughs> hey, hey, watch it, watch <laughs> it. Listen, I did audition for the TCU program and I uh, got more money going to Baylor. But um, <laughs> but yeah, we we all you know have a little healthy uh, rivalry when it yeah. comes to school. Of course, which is as we should. Um, but so despite her roots and, you know, where she came from, um, I met LB and I immediately fell in love with her. I met her through, I guess probably through Rachel. Yeah. Um, so. because y'all were, yeah, y'all were really good friends and it's all such a blur now, honestly. Like I, I feel like I've known y'all my whole life. <laughs> I know, exactly. But, um, so LB and I became friends through Rachel and I think like that was kind of our friendship for a while. And then when the pandemic hit, LB basically became our honorary third or like fourth <laughs> or fifth roommate, whatever yes, it was. Yes. And we like spent every waking moment together. And then obviously before that, I guess I'm getting my timelines mixed up. But before that is when we started seated. So yeah. that's when we like all really bonded and they're like my other halves, my other creative halves. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> tender i know tendy we're all over here like oh. i know carly Aww. we have some like throwback footage that we can share <laughs> yeah, really. from our time. oh it was brighton beach memoirs that we were on brighton crew beach. for thank you yeah and we would do uh, like dance breaks in the sound booth and yeah oh my gosh maybe i should add that to our social media i think i'm going to <laughs> I think we do should. it do it for real. i do think it. i'm gonna do like a little throwback thursday oh i go for it yeah. Yeah, we literally would like record ourselves. We would. Like dances. Yeah. Oh, we were embarrassing. Yeah. (laughs) We, I know. 
Carly is um, truly, like she said, the um, like our other creative half. We, I think the pandemic was something really special for all of us because yeah. um, we had a very singular experience being in New York mm-hmm. <laughs> during the pandemic. But all of the photos and all of the videos and all of the things, all the walks, many, many walks in the park, um, all of those things I have and like truly cherish those memories. Um, I have a photo. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I have a photo of you and Rach and y'all are standing in the middle of our hallway just laughing. I don't even know what you guys were laughing at, (laughs) but I have a photo of it that I took because I remember being like, I want to remember, I want to remember this moment where we have nothing to do but just be together. And, um, yeah. And so I think it definitely created a deeper relationships and deeper friendships that I'm very yeah. thankful for. Elvie's <laughs> over here. Just, I like, know. Crying already. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, for real, you two were like my rocks during that time. And I think, I think like that was another really, uh, in spite of the really crazy and chaotic and uncertain time we were in, I mean, I feel like the three of us really came together and provided some stability for each other and provided a lot of creativity in a time where we were feeling, you know, stifled. I mean, I would, I remember we would sit around, like we would have Saturday morning pancakes and watch the Jimmy Fallon online show. And then we would like sit around listening to plays like on like recorded plays and like, and like, write. I don't know. We were just, I don't, I love the way that we, just kind of made that time so special and yeah yeah, I definitely couldn't have gone through without y'all yeah Uh, same same okay so I want to take us I want to talk more about pandemic creativity but I also want to take us back pre-pandemic to seated production starting um because we also have a lot of fun memories of sitting in crowded coffee shops and very tight spaced restaurants and just like dreaming (laughs) and talking about what we wanted this little uh seed to grow into good good Um, one thank you so much um so basically uh the three of us I mean we all moved here so LB and I moved to New York City in 2017 and Carly you moved in 2018 is that right yeah 2018 like the very beginning okay so we all kind of hit a point in 2019 where we were just creatively hungry and we were like, what, Mm -hmm. what do we do? Like, what can we do? And to kind of go back to Carly, those moments of working backstage and, you know, being on the soundboard and lightboard, I think, I think we were all like craving the collaboration that we had in college that, um, you know, I think we all have mixed bags of college experiences and things like that. But I think there's something really um, pure about the collaborative experiences that happen in school and in an educational environment. um, Because there's no pressure from the business side of things. It's all, you're just learning and growing and getting to play. And, um, and you need the other people in your cast and crew to make it, mm-hmm. you know, what it's going to be. And obviously, same thing happens out in the real world, but with a lot of other external pressures. And so we were just craving the, you know, collaborative experiences. And so we decided, we sat down one day and we were like, let's just start making our own work. And so our um, 
we kind of came up with our, our mission statement now is um, see that it exists to aid and produce innovative works in the performing arts that challenge audiences to connect to stories and inspire artists to tell them. And uh, our whole thing was just wanting to connect and wanting to inspire. Mm -hmm. And so the first, and wanting to create, I think, yeah, I think yeah. our thing to just like do something, to you do know, something. Yeah. So, um, Carly, do you want to talk about our first like uh, endeavor, our first like play that we? Put yeah, on? yeah. So uh, Rachel and I had a, a mutual friend and you know uh, fellow classmate in school, Devin Bird, who um, is an incredible writer, incredible artist, yeah. incredible actor, singer, everything. Um, but yeah, everything. Her, <laughs> yeah, what can she do? <laughs> <laughs> what, what can she do? But her writing is really special. And she wrote a play um, just after we graduated, I believe. Um, and and Rachel and I were like fortunate enough to be able to both read it, I think. And um, anyway, we shared it with LB, and we were like, we have to, we have to do this. Like, we have to put this on somehow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so that's the. I think the seed, if I can, um, yeah, like stay <laughs> <Rubbish>. there. Um, <laughs> and really, that's like part of the reason we named it Seeded, right? Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah. The seed really came from having, you know, knowing people and having friends and just being inspired by people that were creating things that we felt like maybe they didn't have a platform. And we basically just like wanted it to be out in the world. Mm -hmm, um, yeah. And like, I mean, selfishly, we also wanted to be a part of it and be able to like put that um, into the world ourselves. So, um, yeah, so I think I remember we had a, a bedroom reading. We yep, went all yeah. went to Rachel's bedroom. Uh, it was me, Rachel, LB, um, Ryan, right? Yeah, and yep. a and couple Jeff, other folks. And, and Jeff, Jeff yeah, yep. that's right. And we just read the play. And we were, we were we had no expectations other than let's just read it. Let's see if everyone yeah. else feels what we feel. Let's see if maybe there's something special here. And like Rachel said before, I mean, this whole process was just us dreaming, like in coffee shops, in restaurants, yeah. in our apartment. Yeah. We were just dreaming. And so we read this play. Um, <laughs> I, I remember there was like a really special energy and moment after we finished in that room. Mm -hmm. We all kind of just looked at each other and we're like, oh, no, like we have to do this. Yeah. Um, without a doubt. Yeah. And then we just figured out a way to make it happen and the road was very challenging and bumpy but you know we we did what needed to be done <laughs> yeah well and it was such a s special experience because up until that point all of us had just been on the audition grind all of us had all just been you know slugging it out and so to be able to actually create something scrappy happy scrappy as Rachel wrote in our intro but <laughs> something just scrappy and and you know it was all of us and people who kindly donated to us like putting putting oh my gosh, a piece yeah. of art together um in RIP Shetler Studios um oh. in a black box theater but being able to experience it um with our friends and now not only we're friends but now we're co-collaborators mm -hmm. um which was so cool and it was funny yeah. because like I started out as an actor. Um, I was going to play Daisy and then we had some switches happen and right. um, 
and we had, I, about I transitioned into the director's seat and then we had our friend of the podcast, um, Miss Sydney Kierkegaard step in, <laughs> yeah. um, who was insane. Um, but just the way that everything ended up shaking out and like your performance, Carly was really incredible. And yeah. in that, um, as a, an incredible actress that she is. And then Rach really got a taste of the like producer, um, stage manager literally catch all woman that she was <laughs> doing that during oh that God, process yeah. um but that is a very very sweet sweet memory um yeah. and it's cool because I remember after we were done we had we we sold out every single show that we had yeah and we were like how are yeah. we gonna fit all these people in this LB tiny and I black couldn't box? watch the yeah, opening. that's right. You guys had to like be <laughs> we kicked had out. To st- yeah, we were like, uh, we're gonna break fire code, so we're just this not gonna stand watch. out here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, and I think that the yeah people kept coming up to us, being like, "What else are you guys gonna do? What else are you guys gonna yeah. do? When are you gonna do something else?" And um, I think from that moment on, we were like, "Oh, this wasn't just a one-time thing. This is something that mm-hmm. we want to." grow and Mm -hmm. continue to water and put in sunlight and all the things (laughs) if you haven't noticed we really love to play into the whole idea of planting a seed and watching it grow (laughs) um yeah but then you know the pandemic happened so we had 2019 and we were making plans for 2020 we were kind of we were starting to make moves for the next thing that we wanted to do and then the shutdown happened in March and um, it took us a whole year, pretty much, well, almost a whole year almost, to get to yeah. our next project. But I, yeah, I mean, during those times we did zoom readings of plays, we did a lot of Shakespeare, okay. which was bold, but um, fun, but fun. Yeah, <laughs> it was, fun. it was, those were long zoom calls. They were my favorite one yeah, though, I think was, right. we did noises off. We read noises yeah. off and I love that Ben one. Burke was so funny. I just remember yeah. that was just <laughs> such a good time. Um, anyway, but then, uh, we were just trying to think about, you know, what can we do? I, I think that a lot of creatives felt during the pandemic, like it felt so, um, we felt so constrained during that time, but then also there was like this little glimmer of hope that like, there's a lot of creativity that can come from Mm. feeling, uh, constrained. And like, so it's like, what, what do we do within these limits Mm -hmm. and how, how are we creative within these limits? And, um, I had, been telling my sister for a long time to read um, this uh, novella that Jane Austen had written. Um, it's a it's a an epistolary um, novel called uh, Lady or not well yes Lady yes. Susan. It's called Lady Susan. It's called yeah, Lady yeah. Susan. <laughs> I always forget in the uh, there's a movie there's version a movie. of it and it's yeah. titled something else. Anyway, it's this really funny really funny novel. If you like Jane Austen, if you like Pride and Prejudice, you should totally read it. Yeah. Actually, no, you should watch what I'm about to tell you about. <laughs> yeah. um, then go read exactly. it. So my sister finally read it and she, I was talking to her on the phone and she goes, Rach, I would 100% just like watch people read this because it was so funny. Mm. And I went, really? <laughs> I was like, hmm. I so talk to LB and Carly and we ended up creating an epistolary episodic on YouTube uh, called Lady Susan. <laughs> we didn't change the title. Yeah. Um, and it was just such a fun experience. LB directed and, um, we, we did 
everybody, our entire cast. So each epistle, each letter was, um, written and it was kind of like in, uh, and you've got mail when Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks are like writing to each other and like mm-hmm. they're, they, they go, they, they type and they're like also talking out loud to themselves. That was kind of the idea. Yeah. And so, um, we all, you know, it was COVID friendly because everybody filmed on their own and then mm-hmm. we edited it all, it all together. And it was just such a fun collaborative experience, even though we couldn't be in the same room. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was just, and we, I think we all learned a lot through that experience too, of just like, okay, this is what it, it, the type of work from between like stage doing something on a stage versus like, you know, I don't think really any of us had done that much stuff when it came to something recorded for a screen. And, you know, this was like bare bones, but it it was an insight. I was going to say, I learned a lot about video editing. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I learned that it kills my computer. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And and Rach, too, like, it was was cool. I'm going to brag on her a little bit. It was really cool to, for suckers, Carly and I were very blessed um, to have her because both of us were on the creative side. And so we were, you know, I was directing, Carly was performing. So we were thinking about, you know, putting a show together on the creative end and Rach was handling all of the, you know, all of the logistics end of sending the emails, okay. being the stage manager, but also being the producer. So talking to the, um, the venue and helping driving you know, the van in the middle of time. Yeah. Square. Driving the yeah, van. Oh yeah. my word. <laughs> um, what a story. Yeah, Doing all of those things, us carrying a couch, sprinting with a couch Ooh. across a busy New York street, in Hell's Kitchen. In Hell's Kitchen <laughs> is one of my favorite memories. <laughs> Rachel sitting in the car going, go, go, go. And Carly and oh I like running with this couch. Anyway, um, funny memories. Oh but um, I think being able in Lady Susan, it was really cool because it was um, a passion project for Rachel. And so being able to see her perform and her yes. performance, you're just an incredible actor. Um, so oh being God. able, yeah. I will always say Rachel Gifford is magic and I totally oh believe it. Um, and so <laughs> I think, so I think being able to like Thank see you. her do that was really, really cool. Um, and we had some incredible other collaborators on it. I, yeah. um, friend of the podcast, Ben Burke, um, Sydney Kierkegaard <laughs> came in and, uh, slayed it as she We're normally hilarious. does. Um, yeah. Chase Ainsworth. Oh, uh, it's freaking Sydney Kierkegaard with her just everybody go watch it because her like moments that are yeah. spliced in between monologues is just hilarious um a funny you should put it in the show notes yeah exactly yeah. oh yeah we will <laughs> yeah we'll put it in the show notes and um Evan Bertram who's another great friend of the podcast is incredible as Lady Susan yeah um yeah so good friends in that. yeah yeah it was a good time it was a good time yeah and then yeah it was we oh. really proved to each other that we could like do do something like that, you know. Yeah. And after after our experience of you know producing a live show, yeah. um, which honestly I don't think all three of us really knew we could pull off back then either. You know, we like got the confidence first that we could at least produce something and like pull it off and have people show up and have to actually run. And then and then another another chance to just yeah realize what what would be possible. And, 
what's out there without, you know, um, the normal constraints of, you know, what we think should, it should look like. Right. Right. Without a doubt. Yeah. It was a really cool, really cool experience. Yeah. And then we moved out of that time moment in time. And from there, I think, to your point, Carly, of being like, oh, we can actually do this. <laughs> like, this is yeah. actually something. And even even after, you know, Carl, you moved to Brooklyn and eventually moved out of state, um, you know, I think it made all of us be like, we're, we want, this is a very special thing that we have. Um, and we want right. to, it to continue to grow and we want it to continue to morph and change um, and be open to, multiple different kinds of art, whether that's film, whether that's theater, whether that's um, doing concerts, you know, whatever it might be, but being able to open it up um, to all those different things. And so that's when we were started talking about um, becoming an LLC. Mm -hmm. Um, And that actually became finalized this past December. So December, 2022, um, we are, (laughs) Um, Cedar Productions LLC. That sounds yeah. so cool. <laughs> so official. Um, so official. And um, so, Rach, can you talk about kind of like what we're doing now? Like what our plan is, what we're moving forward to? Yeah. Yeah. So Seated, I mean, again, we have always been our 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 tagline, our hashtag, and now the the title of our podcast is For the Makers, which I do have to share the story of where we came up with that. Yes, please. Because I... Yeah, please do. I we, love it. We love the song um, To Noise Making by Hozier. Hozier, and, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Can you imagine? Hozier's listening to this podcast. Why not? Um, yeah, hey, listen. We'll send it. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, and you know, it just, for all three of us, I think there's something that just really, it just hit our souls of just like, just saying like for, Mm -hmm. because we love it because just Mm -hmm. for the love of it. And, um, and I think our, our whole vibe is really just, we love artists and we love people who are creating things and sharing it with the world. And so we really just, we want to be for, for the makers, for the people who, and, and we see, you know, there's, there's all the big things, right? Like the Broadway and the Oscars. And, but I think there's so many, there's so much good art and so many um, amazing creatives who are, not noticed. And so we, we kind of, we wanted to, to highlight these people, which is why we decided to start this podcast. Um, and also we're just, you know, we're kind of going like project by project. LB and I have both been working on, um, a concept that, uh, LB has, uh, for into the woods and, um, <laughs> putting it out there, um, director extraordinaire. Um, and you know, we're, we're working on different projects and, um, Carly is, um, as we stated from her bio, the director, um, wait, Carly, what's your title? What? Marketing director, marketing, marketing. director, director of marketing. <laughs> That's what know? I was going to say. And then I was like, wait a second. Um, yeah. But she's working for the Winter Wondergrass um, Festival. And so she's just getting amazing experience um, with these musicians and um, 
just in that world. And so we wanted to kind of combine all of our, all of our loves. <laughs> experiences yeah. and loves and just yeah. um, continue to champion artists. And so, you know, we've got some, some things in the works. The, some, what's the phrase? Some irons iron in the fire. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. Elby's the person who helps me with, um, <laughs> phrases. Phrases. Oh, you're saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the Texas that comes out in me. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're doing, but I do want to make sure we get to questions with Carly because, uh, Carly is such an amazing, uh, artist and a source truly of so many things that have inspired me. Like Carly will post a thing on Instagram and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm filled for the week. Like, I just feel like, okay, I'm ready to go. Like Carly wrote something and I got to read it anyway. Carly, you know I love you. Uh, I could just yeah, I know you're a friggin' soul sister. Carly, well, Carly, the feeling is mutual. Yeah, Carly is um, amongst many things. She's an incredible poet. So if you ever get a chance yeah. to go to her oh. Instagram, stalk her gram, and read all of her poetry, oh because she got um, one of my favorite quotes from um, one of my fa- favorite authors is, um, "I love good strong words that mean something." Mm. And I think, oh yes, I Carly. Um, her poetry is that good, yeah. strong words that mean something, baby. Yes. I love it. Ah, that's an honor. Wow. Thanks. So <laughs> okay. So Carly, first question. And just so that we're setting this up for our listeners as well, we have chosen five questions that we will be asking each of our, each of our guests, um, just to kind of, uh, guide the conversation, but also we think it's really beautiful yeah. for, to see how diverse, uh, these answers will be among creative people and hoping that these answers will inspire listeners, um, in their creativity and in their art. So with that said, Carly, (laughs) what got you into the arts in the first place? Yeah. So kind of like how you read in my bio, (laughs) um, I did, I was a really, really shy little kid. I, I am still a people pleaser and very much a people pleaser since Probably I came out of the womb, um, <laughs> but I was super shy. I like just kind of did what I was supposed to do, even at six years old. But I remember I went with my first grade first grade class to um, this community theater production of Cavalcade of Broadway, and oh, wow, I that. was like, "Yeah, it was really interesting." I've never seen it since, I have to say. Um, but <laughs> I was totally enthralled. Like little six year old Carly was like, and like mind you the shyest thing like did not talk and I was like oh yeah I want to do that so I like went home I told my mom that I wanted to do I wanted to audition for the next show that this community theater was putting on which was Guys and Dolls Junior yes <laughs> and so I auditioned I think I sang I sang like some random like school kids song that my grandfather taught me actually um and it was like I like it as fast as I could and I like rushed off the stage where we were auditioning and I was in the ensemble that show of course and um and then I just got the bug like I I have to say that my community theater that I grew up doing because I was in the exact same one from when I was six years old until I moved out at 18 um they were really really yeah yeah I had yeah I had an interest like a, a little bit of a different experience and I feel like I remember a lot of kids that I you know, met in college or whatever, but I, you know, grew up with this one theater company. They were my family. Um, so I think, I think being introduced to, 
into the arts and to theater at such a young age. And my mom was always such a champion of me, whatever I wanted to do, but especially the arts. She loves theater. She did theater herself in high school, college. I feel like she probably would have wanted to pursue it, but never did. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, she loves it, you know, and, and my, my grandfather, like everyone was very musical. And so she was just such a champion of me my whole entire life. But, you know, since I was really little and she was, I have to shout her out because she was the one driving me to every single rehearsal, every single tech week, every single, you know, poster blitz. And we would put up posters around town and like <laughs> advertise the show, like everything. And she, she even, she, she even was the producer of, um, so our, our communicator was called Eldorado Musical Theater. A little shout out to Eldorado Hills. Yeah. Um, but for real, they put on actually like really excellent shows. And the level of professionalism is pretty special for community theater in that town. And so, yeah, I grew up doing that for, you know, my whole childhood. I grew up in that theater and I grew up with those people. And um, the director is just such a special and incredible person and she was really hard on us to really challenging and you know I, I I mean I feel like you guys relate but I was such a goody goody like all growing up and I swear it's because of theater like I always had this I always had this sense that I was doing something for a higher purpose yeah um and because I wanted to I wanted to please my director I wanted to I wanted to show up for my playmates I wanted to you know for the audiences like I loved it and I loved the feeling that I got being on stage and and you know at at the end of the show and everyone everyone would come up and be like you know that that really changed me and you know we'll get into this later with the other questions but I really think that's what art is about of you know having people experience something and letting it letting it change them um so so yeah that was my introduction to the arts and I, I just can't say enough good things about about that experience and that theater company and those people. Um, and that truly shaped me. Like, like that, mm-hmm. that made me become who I wanted to be and who I, what I did, you know, that set the tone for everything. Um, and it gave me a confidence. As I said, I was super shy. It gave me a confidence that mm-hmm. I didn't have before. And it just, like, helped me understand that I could be all these different people, Um that I didn't know were in me and that informed so much of my childhood, you know? And I feel like looking back at when I meet people now and, you know, they talk about their high school experience or what they were like as a kid. I'm like, I didn't care about any of that because I just wanted to like, I just wanted to, you know, get, get school over with. I was, I was a good student because I was a people pleaser and I wanted to get good grades and I was interested in learning, but I just was so over that whole, um, that that energy and that um that's what I'm looking for that environment and I just wanted to immediately drive to you know my rehearsal hall and like get lost with those like those are the people that I was like we are doing something that matters and I don't I didn't have the like wherewithal at that age to really understand what it was but I just I was fulfilled you know and so Mm -hmm. I didn't feel the need for anything else and that is what theater taught me, like, from the beginning, was, like, it's such a fulfilling and beautiful piece of my soul. And, yeah, it just, like, set the tone again for everything. Wow. Well, Carly, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Um, you've pretty much just... <laughs> yeah, she... she <laughs> well, she... There it is, folks. That was just um, so beautifully 
dictated. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it goes well, yeah. directly into our second question, which is why do you think the arts are important? Yeah. Um, and I feel like yeah. you, you said, you know, like sense of self since yeah, <laughs> sense of self, it's sense of, right. but also allowing, you know, the arts change people, they impact people. Right. Um, they tap into, you know, something larger than ourselves. Um, yeah. Yeah. G- give us a short little kind of uh, <laughs> debrief of why you feel like the arts are important. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what you said. And I think that we we all um, kind of come together on this, like the three of us and mm. you know, everyone around us. But I mean, the arts are a gateway to new ideas and new perspectives and they're a way to they're a way to show something to someone without without a screaming it at them and b sometimes they don't even know what they're seeing until afterwards because they have some kind of change in their heart or in their being and they don't really know what it is but something happens you know what i mean and i think that's the power and and this is totally what i learned you know, in college and beyond that and being in New York and it, and actually like being an audience member um, in these very professional high level shows in New York City, um, I actually then got to be on the other side of, oh, you know, I've always, of course, known how I felt after watching a piece of theater or a film or, you know, reading a book that stirred me. But yeah, just just understanding the way that it really can change and affect change people and affect change without um, being so in your face. You know what I mean? Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like it allows, you know, it's even in our mission statement that we want to be able to challenge audiences and encourage, you know, artists artists to tell stories. And I think that, like, being able to – that's that's one of the beautiful things I think about art is the fact that, like, it makes big topics or it makes big things – approachable and yeah. um it if it like you said it can a have, human yeah a human yes yeah yes. I was gonna say on a, on even a smaller scale like that's kind of the overarching scale but just in an individual scale like like engaging in art and artistic practices and creativity like that softens people's hearts and that I, I just think that mm-hmm. art fuels it's like what we need to fuel the good in the world, you know, like there's nothing but good that comes out of it. Um, So whether you're making art, whether you're just like a kid in your garage, like, you know, painting or dancing or whatever, like it's all Mm -hmm. art. Like I really believe that, that, you know, you could be a scientist and, you know, some of my favorite poets and um, like quotes from people are people who are astrologists slash poets, you know, people who um, really engage in, analytical thinking but but they're artists too you know what I mean yeah like everyone has it in them and I think if we all can tap into that that space inside of us like the world would really be a different place yeah yeah we're created to create you know what I mean yeah yeah um so Carl rapid fire these last three questions um (laughs) what what keeps you grounded as a human well um I think the top things that come to mind are Spending time alone, it's really important for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Preach it. Um, yeah. My two, my two uh, introverted friends over here. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, people! Like, yeah. 
yeah that worked out that worked out really well during the pandemic yeah right (laughs) yeah like just like absorbing in my in my little (laughs) bedroom space um yeah spending time alone for sure being in nature and actually like being like being in nature not like looking out a window like seeing the Uh, especially when I, I just feel like I'm always on my screen lately. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's super important. Um, sleep, um, sleep, eating really nourishing foods, like remembering to feed myself. That's yeah. huge to ground myself. Um, also like limiting the caffeine. <laughs> that's a story for another day. Oh yeah. Um, another amen <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah truly. <laughs> and then connecting deeply with other humans and friends, you know, and then uh, shifting my perspective, like being able to do something that gets me um, in a different perspective that always really grounds me. Yeah. I love that. Carly, I love that. Well stated. Jeez. <laughs> okay. Our fourth question is what person, place, or experience has shaped you the most creatively? Oh, man. There's so many. I'll just keep it kind of short and sweet by saying I think the biggest thing for me that has shaped my creativity is travel um and also putting myself in uncomfortable situations um because they they quickly become such memorable experiences even in the midst of the uncomfort discomfort um so i will say that i think so travel goes along with this but like moving to new york was a big part of that like my whole new york experience i think we can all attest to this was filled with I mean, the energy is just so charged in where you guys live in that city. And, um, you know, there things happen every day that are hard and that are inspiring and that are um, exciting and that are depressing, you know, that like you're always, you're always filled with. And they can be overstimulating, but at the same time, if you give yourself the chance to reflect on those experiences, um, I think that was what fueled so much of my creativity. Um, and I still look back on so fondly and still like pull from from those experiences in those moments yeah Yeah. oh so good do you how many countries have you been to do you know have you kept count (laughs) um I don't know okay just a lot she's a world traveler everyone (laughs) she she truly is the the traveler (laughs) t-h-e the I love what you said about getting out of your being in uncomfortable like spaces, just getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. 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 yeah, Totally. Okay. Last, but certainly not least, um, what (laughs) a book play or film do you think every person should read or watch? Oh, this is hard. I was looking at this question before I came on here. And to be honest, I have like short-term memory loss when it comes to like, (laughs) (laughs) right. Yeah, totally. Plays that I watch. Yeah. Um, People so are like, what's your favorite of- movie? You're like, what's a movie? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, what movie? I don't know. I have no idea. I can't think of anything. My mind just goes blank. Yeah. But um, I do have some authors and a, a few books that I can just like rattle off. But um, I wanted to mention the, the two books that really, actually maybe three, that um, I read while I was living in New York that like shaped my experience um, were The Places I Stopped on the Way Home by Meg C. Mm. Um, it's a really good one for in your 20s living in New York you don't have to be living in New York but just in your 20s that's yeah. really special um, and then Tiny Beautiful Things by oh. Carol Strayed 
Um, that's so good. It's like a, I, I think I was reflecting on my answers and I was like, I really like memoirs, I think, because yeah. then the third one I'll say yep. is, I was reading this when I was in, living in Brooklyn, is um, Just Paint by Patti Smith. Mm. That, that like really affected me. And um, yeah, everyone should read that book. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Um, and then just people that, that really inspire me. Um, Mary Oliver, <laughs> like yeah. always Mary Oliver. I read her so much. Um, and Rumi, those are like some poets and philosophers. Yeah. I really like Rumi, Khalil, Khalil Gibran, uh, Leo Tolstoy, but Mary Oliver is like, kind of one. yeah, I love your love um, for Mary Oliver. <laughs> It's a a true love. It is. It's a true love. It's a true love. (laughs) I was just having to like watch myself because you said, every time you said something, I went, "Mm." Mm. yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Rachel, calm down. I saw her holding it in too. I was like, you can do it. I just, everything you say. (laughs) But yeah. And then I just wanted to say, because this is like a little nod to our our, um, pandemic experience. Um, I was going to say like, for movies, you say love, but then I was like, oh, but just anything with Julia Roberts, especially yes. in the 90s. <laughs> yes, we did go through the Julia Roberts canon. We did. Oh my gosh, we did. It was wonderful. She's just it amazing. So I love it Mona so Lisa's smile. Oh, oh it's so good. So I love good. that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Carl, we I love have a you. Million, but I know, right? We all, I, I feel like we could go on and on and on forever. <laughs> um, right. We, we love you so much and we're extremely thankful for you and, you know, you are such a vital part of this team and what seat it is and we just are very thankful for you. Uh, I love you guys so much and I'm just so honored to be along this journey with you even in just any small part. Um, and yeah, you guys are my girls. Oh. That doesn't really make sense. Ditto. <laughs> yeah. Three peas in a pod you know what I mean yeah um, <laughs> right any <laughs> any final thoughts before we uh head out I don't think so just uh, <laughs> a thank you thank you Carly Spino for being our very first guest on this podcast oh, yeah. um, it's an honor and a joy <laughs> Carl uh where can people find you on um the social medias oh, yeah. and the interwebs yeah um my personal uh instagram is at Pinto underscore Steen. <laughs> um, <laughs> like Pinto Bean, but this is Steen. Clever. <laughs> um, it's just still my favorite. Yeah, and I mean, I would say that I'm not always on there because I've been trying to take breaks from social media, but um, also y'all should follow Winter Wondergrass. Um, it's yeah. a really special bluegrass festival. Um, and I always think of Rachel because there's, there's like the there's a group called the winter wonder women <laughs> that are just so epic um musicians artists singers like songwriters everything and um, i just want to like fuck rachel and put her in the middle of them and i really 100%. want hundred percent i would lose my mind oh i know you really would, it would be like amazing. you truly would but someday <laughs> someday we'll soon yeah <laughs> Exactly. Anyway, thank you guys so much. This was really fun. We we love you, and um, we can't wait to have you back soon, and hopefully in person soon. I can't wait to hug your neck. Yes, me too. Really good. Love you, Carl. Love you, Carls. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to the For the Makers podcast. There are a few ways you can engage with us. 
Join our team of dreamers on Patreon for exclusive content you can't get anywhere else. To get updates and find out more about Seated Productions, you can find us on Instagram at seated.productions or visit our website at www.seatedproductions.com. Until next time, listen well and tell stories.